Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again back really really happy to be back actually because it's been too long since we've been able to do these morning shows apologies for the slight hiatus that we've had on the channel completely out of our hands um, but we're very very happy to be back and producing content for you every single morning weekday at 10am UK time I'm joined by Umar how you doing mate you good you well? Yeah, good TC. Um, like you said, happy to be back. It's crazy how much you miss it when it's when it's gone away for a few days. But now I'm glad to be back and happy that Chris is back as well. I was going to say, yeah, amazing you can miss Chris so much. But uh, it's good to see his face. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, thank you, boys. Um, not too bad. You know, we're continuing to recover from from my injury. But, you know, each day it's getting, it's getting better, slowly but surely. But, um, you know, really, really good to be back on here with you guys. Lovely stuff, indeed. Uh, we, I hope you've been sent some kind messages. We've been telling you to send uh, for people to send some some cool messages through. So, hopefully, you've received some, and I'm sure you'll get a warm welcome, of course, again from the chat box. Good morning, everybody joining us today. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for uh, jumping back on. We know that sometimes when shows disappear for a little bit and pop back, it can be difficult to find them. So, thanks for tuning in. Uh, a lot has happened, of course, whilst we've been away transfers in particular but the majority of business Umar has been on the outgoings front uh, we've seen plenty of players move on Lucas Torreira finally no longer an Arsenal player Pablo Marie we're expecting an announcement on his departure very very soon um, players that aim to make the Nars and Nelson in the news because they're expecting inquiries for those guys there's been negotiations with Hector Bellerin's agent and the club to try and sort out a termination although apparently the club is still trying to hold firm on getting a transfer fee for him. We've already moved on a number of other players as well this window. Do you feel like... I feel like this is quicker than I expected a lot of these players to move on. I thought they'd be going like in the last week of the window, but we'd, we're managing to move them on pretty quickly. That's why I thought. Um, I thought if there was, with the likes of Mari, um, Torreira as well, I thought it would be a bit difficult to move them out. But I think towards the end of the window, it would be more likely. But I think... It's, it's a testament to the job that Edu has done this window for me, I think, in terms of the players that he's brought in, but also the business that he's done in getting the players that we don't see as part of the club moving forwards. Um, so I think he's, he's done a very good job. Um, it's not finished. Don't get me wrong. I still think there's things that we still need to do in this window um, in terms of outgoings. The futures of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Reese Nelson. We've not heard much about that in terms of rumours. So maybe they potentially they could be staying at the club. But if they do go, potentially could be loan moves. But I still think there's uh, a few out incomings that um, Arsenal should be targeting. Um, but we'll probably hear more about that once we do get rid of the likes of Renison, Mari, when, when they all get confirmed, I guess. 
Fair enough. I think that when we consider the fact that Arsenal have got business still to do, the fact that we are moving on these players so soon is, is an encouraging sign that hopefully Edu can then focus kind of his efforts very much on on incomings. We've seen through the All or Nothing series now, which you can of course watch for Amazon Prime and episodes four to six kind of delve into the, the chaos of the January window. Edu hates it, is what he basically says. That he doesn't like the window at all. And Chris, what we've experienced, I think, is... Uh, it is currently kind of a focusing at the start of the window on bringing players in, a brief break from that to try and move more of those players out, which we're doing, and then an expectation that hopefully one or two could be brought in towards the end of the window. Do you have the optimism that that is the case? Yeah, I do. I mean, it was a very good start to the window. Um, sometimes you, you never know what to expect from Arsenal. And, 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 you know, certainly there was a lot of unrest, I think, a lot of maybe worry step which stemmed from the January window obviously there was as a supporter you thought that there was room for business to be done we were missing that that sort of star striker but you know the club remained patient they forward planned ahead for this window for this summer and um, I think that's shown um, so it was obviously a very good start getting the likes of Jesus, Sinchenko, Vieira etc through the door um, quite a sensible idea to to maybe get those ones in to begin with to then you know or before then going on to 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 sort of concentrate on departures which was absolutely key because the, the squad was becoming bloated there was lots of sort of individuals in the squad that maybe weren't going to feature much or were sort of pushing for a move away um, so yeah it was sort of in terms of the outgoings it was slow to begin with but um i mean i think arteta came out didn't he whilst the squad was in america and told the media that you know that process to offload was going to start very soon and and it actually did so you know it's good to see the club taking um you know action quickly and um hopefully now you know these outgoings um and uh, the sort of how we've managed to offload a few players and obviously there's still more to to, to leave Hopefully, like I say, that will enable us to, to do further business on the incomings front. And it, it, I, I look at the squad now and look at it last season. You think of all those youngsters that were making up the numbers on the bench. Flores, um, I think you had Patino on there, Hutchinson. They're all gone, either yeah. permanently or out on loan. Um, on top of the senior players that are now going, and like you can name n- uh, nine players on the bench, make four or five subs. You know, you, you're going to have to to have more depth there. So I think it's quite clear that more needs to be done. I think Arteta and Edu are aware of that, and they will certainly try. And um, look, if the business earlier on in the window is anything to go by, then I think uh, I think we will get at least one more, maybe two in. Yeah, I, I hope that we can get at least one more. We, I think we can notice that the right wing position or just the wing position in general uh, and the central midfield area are those two key positions. Yuri Tillemans, there's been a lot said about him. You know, Umar, in the last fair few days, uh, we broke the story that, you know, Arsenal would be prepared to wait all the way through to 2023 if necessary to get him on a free transfer. There's a clear indication that they don't want to overspend on a player that they feel is not worth the £32 million Leicester are asking for. Do you think that this is a bit of a risky strategy that means Arsenal may end up missing out on the player altogether. It is a risk, but um, I watched your show on the Guna talk and you said similar, like, I think £32 million, whatever Leicester at the moment are charging, is quite excessive for a player who could be a free agent in, in a year's time. So um, I was a bit worried 
when the links to Manchester United were coming to fruition, but Manchester United seemingly looking to uh, sign Adrian Raboy, um, looking to sign um, your favourite player, Milinkovic Savic. Um, so I think I think they moved uh, moved on in terms of um, the Yuri Tillman's agenda. So I think if Arsenal do want to sign him, I think Arsenal will get him. But I think price and business, I think it has to take consideration for me because. As much as Yuri Tillemans is a good player, as much as he's Premier League proven, as much as that, as much as what he can offer this Arsenal team, in a business sense, it doesn't make sense to offer less than thirty-two million pounds for a player which you can potentially get for free. Everyone Absolutely. knows that Yuri Tillemans wants to come to Arsenal. Um, the, the agents have spoken with the club, so I think it's Arsenal being a bit clever right now biding their time. So I still think Yuri Tillemans will come to the club, but maybe it may come towards the end of the window rather than now. Absolutely. Um, if, look, I think Yuri Tillemans is obviously a player of, of, of Premier League quality and we know that from his time at Leicester. But, you know, I, I don't see him as an outright upgrade on Granite Xhaka, you know, at the moment in yeah. the Arsenal midfield. I, I really don't see him as kind of a clear upgrade on him. I know Xhaka's kind of got this stigma attached to him that it's very difficult to get over the errors and the red cards, but he's been very good for us in the last couple of years. He's probably been, you know, I would argue there's been times he's been more consistent than Thomas Partey's been in mm-hmm. Arsenal's midfield, especially when they've played together. I think Partey being there is absolutely a big key part of helping Xhaka be the best he can be. But I don't think necessarily that Tielemans is an immediate upgrade in every single game. I think against the bigger teams, I'd be more tempted to use Xhaka than Tielemans. We saw Tielemans against Spurs last season for Leicester had a cataclysmic game that obviously, in the end, handed Spurs top four because that extra three points they got with those two goals in injury time really changed the course of the season. So, you know, it's it's not cut and dry that he immediately upgrades on us. The other player, Chris, that is heavily linked right now is, is Jeremy Pino of Villarreal. Uh, interesting 19-year-old turns 20 in October. Rumours, according to Goal, that Arsenal are indeed interested and could be willing to, to put in an offer. Villarreal willing to accept pretty much half of that 80 million euro release clause that he has, so around 45 million euros, around 38 million pounds. Is this the type of wide player you expect us to go for? And now it seems to be fairly, you know, certain that he is indeed one of those players that Arsenal are looking at. Is it underwhelming or is it an exciting transfer for you? I think it's quite exciting. I was looking at his stats the other day, um, you know, in terms of his his goal contributions, um, very consistent. They're up there. Um, obviously, very tricky on the ball, ball pacey. Um, like I said, he's, he's dangerous in front of goal as well. And I mean, when you you think of the exciting young talent we've already got at the club, it's it's quite an, you know an exciting uh, thought that we could even, you know add on top of that as well with with a talent like Pino. So um, yeah, an intriguing one. I think uh, his name has been linked with us before, um, if I remember correctly, a few months back, maybe in January last summer. So. It's, it's, I suppose, you know, it's not a, a massive surprise. It's not sort of, you know, a, a Fabio Vieira point to a name out of nowhere. It's a name that Arsenal have obviously been looking at for a very long time. They've done their, their scouting, their research, and um, they've they've continued to monitor him, which, which tells you an awful lot. He's obviously a player that has impressed the recruitment team and the scouting department. So, um, yeah, encouraging signs. I mean, I suppose the only thing that does surprise me is that there has been names linked, you know, from within the Premier League. I know maybe it's more of the the fans that have linked someone like Pedro Neto to the club. But again, he's 
you know, a more a safer option, perhaps. Um, Trossard at Brighton, another name that's been linked. So um, the club keeping their, their options open by the looks of it. Um, mm. And obviously that's that's not a surprise. We've seen it with other areas of the team that we've looked to strengthen. Obviously, we were looking at originally at Lissandro Martinez, but then we moved on to Sinchenko. So, um, you know, the club will have numerous options lined up just in case, you know, one falls through or they have to move on to another target for whatever reason. So, um, you know, as I was saying, you know, the, the, the business that we've done already, I think should certainly gives me, I'm not obviously sure, I can't speak on behalf of the other supporters, but um, it certainly gives me confidence heading into the final few weeks of the window because we, we, we've got a plan in place, we've been prepared, you know, we've got contingency plans ready um, to take upon if we need to. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll just start wait and see what happens. I think with the winger position in particular, I think when you compare it to midfield and, and, and getting a new midfielder in, it's slightly different because, you know, we've off, offloaded Lucas Torreira, which could, could open up that, you know, that space to bring someone else in, you would think. But then with, with a winger, Nicolas Pepe still here, you know, you just wonder how much he's going to have a direct impact on, on going for a winger. I mean, obviously you could look back at that Rafinha pursuit. We were going for him regardless of, of if Pepe was still here or not. So it'll be interesting to see if we take that approach again with, with someone else. But um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I did a piece the other day uh, in a slight off uh, off record interview, not off record, but off audio records um, with uh, Alvaro Romeo for football.london where he talked about how he felt Santi Cazorla is quite a comparative player to Pino in the sense that he used to play when he was at Recreativo Huelva uh, on the wing. He played on the wing a bit at Villarreal as well, of course, where Pino now plays and then moved more into a central area and he could kind of see Pino moving in that similar direction. So it's interesting the profile of player that he is. I think there's scope for that. But then you think Smith Rowe, Erdegaard, you know, Fabio Vieira, where is he going to get into the team? I think he's a versatile option. He's played centre forwards. I think he played in a 2 0 win over Real Betis at centre forward in the middle. So, you know, he's got that versatility about him and he's an exciting young talent. I've put a link to that piece in today's chat box if you want to go and check that one out. Um, it's an interesting question from Abdu that get asked a hell of a lot, Umar. Um, why does Arsenal take so long to get a player through the door? Why do you do you think there's a a misconception around this, or do you think there's a, a legit kind of theory behind it? No, honestly, I think it's a misconception. I think most of the times the deal's already done. Uh, I think um, I think just Arsenal take a bit of time announcing the signings because. We're in a day and age where social media is such a big platform now, whether that's Twitter, Facebooks, and you look at teams, even in non-league, the announcements that they make are just uh, crazy, crazy good. So I think um, yeah, Arsenal have to take everything into account, but at times it can be frustrating as fans when you know that a deal is done, but Arsenal are taking long to announce it. But I think um, we we talk too much about it. And more times than not, um, the deals are done, to be honest. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I think that with, you know, players like uh, Zinchenko, you know, we pivoted very, very quickly to get that deal done after missing out on Martinez. Gabriel Jesus was in discussion for a long time and eventually once the season finished, we accelerated those plans and got him through the door as well. Matt Turner, we got done very quickly. Um, and Marquinhos, we got done very quickly. 
But those other positions, sometimes things change in the market. You know, Yuri yeah. Tillemans, the reason why this one's dragged on, obviously, is the club aren't willing to pay as much as Leicester have been asking for. There are other issues at the start of the window which delayed things. Then Arsenal went and looked at other potential targets. And I think that's why we're now seeing a situation where it may rumble onto them. The window is a bit of a tactic from Arsenal to see if they can kind of panic Leicester into accepting a lower fee. Uh, and the other area being right wing has been affected, obviously, by Nicolas Pepe and Reese Nelson still being here. So all of that combined, I think, to be honest, means that it might seem to us like Arsenal taking ages, but in reality, they're not. There's also this sort of things, which is there's so many rumours that get spread all the time. Sometimes they're on the money. Sometimes they're guesses that are quite turn out to be true. So because they are reported without too much realism behind them, say, months ago. It makes it feel like it took ages to get that deal done, when in reality, Arsenal moved quite quickly and initially far later than the initial rumour uh, that came forward. So I think that's probably one of the misconceptions, and I agree about this. Um, Albert says, the way Edu is handling the Tillemans deal is a transfer tactic that Leicester might figure out. Both sides are going to hold on to see who would fold first. Chris, are we being too risky with Tillemans? I think there's always a risk, isn't there, when you take your time over a potential deal. Um, but sort of the, the the noise surrounding this particular one, right from the very start, is that Arsenal have always sort of been the front runners. They've been confident um, over, you know, eventually coming to an agreement. Um, it seems as if much of the groundwork has already been laid out, sort of certainly with the player already has been discussions with his representatives um, reports suggest Arsenal have made it pretty clear to the players' side that you know they are really interested and they will try to get him. So um, they'll 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 have a you know obviously have established a, a really good relationship with the player and his representatives. I'm sure they'll be keeping each other in the loop in terms of what the situation is. If there's any other teams circling around as well, I mean obviously Manchester United have been mentioned as a potential destination for him, but. We'll have to wait and see. It doesn't seem as if, you know, even though this one's been rumbling on for a long time now, um, as if, you know, it doesn't seem as if anything's, you know, imminent or close. So, again, it's just one to keep a close eye on, isn't there? And in, uh, that's Albert says in the comment, see, you know, who ends up sort of folding up first and, and making that first move. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But um, I think it's becoming pretty clear or it's become pretty clear that, you know, Tielemans is looking for a new challenge. Leicester are willing to offload him, but they're trying to get as much money as they possibly can. I think they'll eventually accept defeat in the fact that, you know, that they're, they're not going to get maybe as much as they would have liked because he is in the final year of his contract. The player is, is keen, so he can push from his side as well. And uh, we, we know, obviously, it's been reported um, that Leicester are sort of, um, in a bit of financial trouble. They can't sign any players at the moment. Um, they're looking to offload one or two. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But um, it's certainly one that, that is possible this summer. Absolutely no doubt about that. But, um, you know, it, we'll we'll wait and see when we see, you know, how strongly Arsenal are, are willing to go in for him. Because so far, they've they've been very patient at playing that patient game. And um, look, when it gets into the final couple of weeks or even the final week of the window, clubs starting to make rash decisions or they change their stance on a certain player. So um, uh, as I keep saying, one to keep an eye on, you've just got to hope, haven't you, that a club doesn't come in in the meantime for him. But you still get the sense that Arsenal are very much uh, in a strong position to, to beat off any competition. 
Absolutely. Um, uh, Babatunde says, uh, why is it so difficult for us to win at least one uh, a Champions League place? Why it's difficult to qualify for that and not talk of winning? I think that last season, you know, the Champions League was missed out on for me because of the injuries to Partey, Tomiyasu and Tierney. You know, those cost us. And we lost Ben White, of course, in, in a couple of games too because of his situation. And then he was rushed back against Newcastle, as was a couple of others. And, and we suffered because of that, uh, that lack of depth, which I think, you know, we've addressed that this summer. And Umar, I go into these games against Leicester and then hopefully later on down the line during the the tough fixtures that will come after the, the World Cup as well, when we have a lot of fixtures at the same time with more confidence that the depth in this team is is going to be great. I mean, there's potential for our bench at the weekend to so look something like Turner, Smith-Rowe, Fabio Vieira, Lukonga or Elneny. One of them two might even miss out. You've got Holding, you've got Tierney, Tomiyasu. Uh, there's so much that we can have on that bench and we can really change things, I think, this season because of our depth. Yeah, I think last season um, we had a team, a very good team. But I think this season we have a squad we have a squad capable of challenging. And I think um, the past seasons, Mikel Arteta has continually said what he wants in terms of um, incomings, in terms of squad players. Um, when he looks at the Manchester City team, I think he realised that if Arsenal want to get to where Manchester City are year in, year out, they need at least two players for each position, quality players. Not like a very good player who starts week in, week out, and then when that player is out of the team, you have a player which is good, but has many limitations to his game. But I think now, for example, if he's out, I have no problem with Zinchenko playing because I know he's going to do a very good job. And vice versa, right back. I know there's been a lot said about Ben White, um, Takiro Tomiyasu, but I think when Takiro Tomiyasu doesn't play, I think Ben White's more than capable of going to that uh, right-hand side. And I thought he was very good. Um, I think a lot was said about his performance against Crystal Palace. Some people may not agree with me, but I think playing Wilfred Zaha, one of the best wingers in the Premier League, it's not easy to do. And I thought he kept him quiet, to, to be honest. I thought him and Saliba, they, they work well together. So I think right now, we're building something special. I think people are excited. You look at this, the games which are being sold out thick and fast. I think people go to the Arsenal website and tickets are sold out after a minute. It's a feel-good factor right now. And with the upcoming games that we have coming up, why can't we, um, even after that game against Aston Villa, why can't we go to Old Trafford and be, break this hoodoo and continue that with the win against Everton? Right now, I'm confident um, because I think there's no reason not to be because the players are there, the the squad harmonies there, everything seems happy about the club. But obviously, with Arsenal, you know there's something around the corner that's gonna just make you stop. You're going a bit too far. But right now, I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I really, really am. Uh, I think that there is potential for this season to produce something that may surprise people. I'm not going to start talking about title changes, of course, because it's ridiculous. But I think that aiming to finish as high as possible and not going, our aim is the Champions League. You know, for me, the minimum expectation is that. But our aim should be finish as high as feasibly possible in this league. And that goes well and above and beyond trying to finish just fourth. You know, that... that just looking at fourth place and going, that's the target for me. Is I, I don't buy into that. I actually found it a little bit strange listening to the All or Nothing first three episodes, so no spoilers for the new ones. When Thierry Henry was commenting and said, you live, breathe, um, top four. And he said top four. 
And I found that really odd. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to say, you know, you live, breathe, everything to win things. I get, I get where he's coming from. I know that the like, kind of Arsenal should be in the top four. The Premier League is a very competitive place. You can't win it every year. But I found that. Did any of you found that a little bit yeah, odd? Chris, um, yeah. I, I, obviously, I think that the whole thing around top four it's been associated with Arsenal for such a long time, hasn't it? Especially under Wenger, you know, top four every single season, getting the Champions League football, um, you know, and I it, it became. A, a bit of a, a rhythm, a bit of a theme for, for the football club. But you, you can't just, you know, be fighting for top four, can you? You've got to be fighting for for the title when, when you're eventually in a position to, to fight for it. I mean, this is what Arsenal have got to do now. I think it is what they're attempting to do, but it's going to take some time. And it is to, to get to the standards, get back to the levels of, of Manchester City and Liverpool because Arsenal Football Club was once you know, at the level of, of where Liverpool and Manchester City are now, you know, winning every single week, winning winning Champions well, not winning Champions League, but, you know, being competitive in that that competition, winning the, the, the Premier League, um, obviously being competitive in, in the other cup competitions as well. They were up there every single week and everyone, you know, feared playing Arsenal Football Club. Whereas that, that fear of playing Arsenal Football Club is obviously um, sort of just disappeared in, in recent years. And now the fear is, you know, playing in Manchester City's and you're Liverpool. So, you know, it, it, Arsenal's aim has got to be to get to that level again, to reach that consistency and, 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 and put that fear factor into other teams that we once had, you know. So obviously returning to the Champions League is, is the first step of, of doing that because, you know, it raises the profile of the club even more, even though that profile is already huge. We know that. Um, it attracts more players, it raises the funds and then, you know, you can improve the team even further. Um, so that's got to be the first aim. Of course, Thierry Henry's got a point there of getting back into the Champions League. That's got to be the first aim. But then when you get that 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 back and when you find that consistency, you get into the rim of things again and you're competing with, you know, the best teams in the world because this is what the club have been saying for a long, long time now. Our aim is to start competing amongst the elite again, get back to where we belong that's the first step. And we've got to look to build on top of that. We've got a very, you know, good project in place. And some, some may argue against that, but we've at least got a very clear plan in place, I should say. We're moving slowly but surely in the in the right direction. And uh, hopefully we can get there um, before long. Um, but uh, you've know, got to stay, take one step as it comes. Champions League qualification, of course, is that first step. And then we can hopefully build on from there. And you know, start challenging for titles, etc. So, uh, you know, that's that's got to be the aim. Absolutely, uh, indeed, it does. Uh, Harvey says, "Do you guys think we're going to bring in more players for the window shut? Just a simple yes or no. Are we going to bring anyone else in, Umar? Yes, Chris. Yes." Me too. Uh, so we'll end the show on that positive, optimistic note. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Thank you for returning. Uh, the fact that over 400 of you have listened in, or more than that, I know, but 400 con concurrently have listened live is great, considering we've been off the last few days. So thank you for the continued support. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel for continued coverage of Arsenal throughout the season. The rest of the transfer window, of course, we'll be bringing you plenty ahead of the game against Leicester City. I'll be joined by Kaya Karnak a little bit later on this afternoon for a conversation. But Umar, thank you so much for your time always appreciate it thank you both yeah and like you said it's good to be back indeed chris always a pleasure my friend and i hope you feel better soon
thank you lads thank you for the warm welcome back and uh thank you to everyone in the comments section for tuning in and uh yeah i hope everyone has a great day indeed have a good one people we'll see you soon and as always keep following us down the arsenal way